Disclaimer. I would like to address the fact that I am a white person. It is my intention to highlight the works of poets of colour. However, there will be nuances and themes in these works that I am not able to effectively convey. Please research these authors further to better understand the context of these works and seek out black educators for more information. Hello and welcome to Scintillating Stories. In this show we read short stories by a variety of authors. February is Black History Month in the United States and Canada. Today we're reading a collection of poems by black American authors. They cover a range of topics from personal relationships, dearly held values, and inspirational historical figures. Phyllis Wheatley-Peters is known as the first African-American woman to have a book of poetry published. Her work is considered by many to be fundamental to the genre of African-American literature. An Hymn to the Evening Soon as the sun forsook the eastern main, the pealing thunder shook the heavenly plain. Majestic grandeur! From Zephyr's wing exhales the incense of the blooming spring. Soft pearl the streams, the birds renew their notes, and through the air their mingled music floats. Through all the heavens what beauteous dyes are spread, but the west glories in the deepest red. So may our breasts with every virtue glow, the living temples of our God below. Filled with praise of him who gives the light and draws the sable curtains of the night, let placid slumbers soothe each weary mind, at morn to wake more heavenly, more refined. So shall the labours of the day begin more pure, more guarded from the snares of sin. Night's leaden sceptre seals my drowsy eyes, then cease my song till fair Aurora rise. Paul Lawrence Dunbar was a prolific author in many mediums. He was the first African-American poet to achieve national distinction and continues to influence artists to this day. Sympathy I know what the caged bird feels. Alas... When the sun is bright on the upland slopes, when the wind stirs soft through the springing grass, and the river flows like a stream of glass, when the first bird sings, and the first bud opens, and the faint perfume from its chalice steals, I know what the caged bird feels. I know why the caged bird beats his wings till its blood is red on the cruel bars, for he must fly back to his perch and cling when he fain would be on the bough a swing and a pain still throbs in the old, old scars and they pulse again with a keener sting. I know why he beats his wings. I know why the caged bird sings. Oh, me when his wing is bruised and his bosom sore, when he beats his bars and he would be free, it is not a carol of joy or glee. 
but a prayer that he sends from his heart's deep core, but a plea that upward to heaven he flings. I know why the caged bird sings. Henrietta Cordelia Ray was a teacher and poet, known primarily for one of her poems being read at the unveiling of the Washington Emancipation Memorial, her poetry has since gained acclaim in recent years. Verses to my heart, sister. We travelled long together, O oh sister of my heart, since first as little children all buoyant we did start upon life's chequered pathway, nor dreamed of aught save joy. But ah, Today can tell us, naught is without alloy. Rememberest thou the gambols of those sweet early days when siren fancy showed us our dreams through a golden haze? <laughs> well thou dost remember the mirth we then did share, the sports, the tasks, the music, the all-embracing prayer. Somehow, my own sweet sister, our heartstrings early twined, some rare bond of affection, of tastes and aims combined, made us e'en in our springtime, soul sisters fond and leal. And how that love has strengthened, the years can well reveal. We've seen our loved ones vanish far from our yearning gaze into the peace of heaven. Oh, those sad... Saddest days when we two clung together, so lonely and forlorn, with our crushed hearts all quivering, all bruised and scarred and torn. So nearer clung we, sister, and loved each other more, the tendrils of our natures twinned closer than before. We could speak to no other of those sweet holy things so tender yet so nameless which sorrow often brings. The troubles that have thickened around our daily path we've borne together, sister, and oft when courage has grown feeble and the future was dark with naught of cheer, could one have faced the conflict without the other near? And sister, Dear heart, sister, when all the mystery of this strange life is ended in immortality, we'll love each other dearly as now we do, and more, for sacred things in heaven grow richer than before, and shall not those sweet loved ones missed here so long, so long, join with us in the music of an all-perfect song, we feel a gladder cadence will thrill their rapturous strain when we are with them, sister, all ne'er to part again. So now, as here we linger, may ours be happy days. O oh, generous-hearted sister, in all life's winding ways, may we have joy together. And this I fondly pray. God bless thee, dear heart sister. Forever and for a. George Moses Horton was the first African-American author to be published after American independence. He notably composed and produced his first book of poems before he could write. Imploring to be resigned at death. 
Let me die and not tremble at death, but smile at the close of my day. And then, at the flight of my breath, like a bird in the morning in May, go chanting away. Let me die without fear of the dead. No horrors my soul shall dismay, and with faith's pillow under my head, with defiance to mortal decay, go chanting away. Let me die like a son of the brave, and martial distinction display, nor shrink from a thought of the grave. No, but with a smile from the clay, go chanting away. Let me die glad, regardless of pain, no pang to this world betray, and the spirit cut loose from its chains, so loathe in flesh to delay. Go chanting away. Let me die, and my worst foe forgive, when death fails that last vital ray, since I have but a moment to live. Let me, when the last debt I pay, go chanting away. Joseph Seaman Cotter Sr. was an author, educator, and community leader. He was one of the earliest African-American playwrights to be published. Frederick Douglass O eloquent and caustic sage, thy long and rugged pilgrimage to glory's shrine has ended, and thou hast passed the inner door and proved thy fitness o'er and o'er, and to the dome ascended. In speaking of thy noble life, one needs must think upon the strife that long and sternly faced it. But since those times have flitted by, just let the useless relic die with passions that embraced it. There is no evil known to man, but what, if wise enough, he can grow stronger in the bearing. And so, the ills we often scorn may be of heavenly wisdom born to aid our onward faring. However this be, just fame has set her jewels in thy coronet so firmly that the ages to come will ever honour thee and place thy name in company with the patriots and sages. Now thou art gone, the little men of fluent tongue and trashy pen will strive to imitate thee. And when they find they haven't sense enough to make a fair pretense, they'll turn and underrate thee. Josephine D. Hurd was a poet and teacher. She was extremely well-travelled and taught in cities all around America. Her stated goal was to encourage and inspire young black artists. They are coming. They are coming, coming slowly. They are coming surely, surely in each avenue. You hear the steady tread from the depths of foul oppression comes a swarthy-hued procession and victory perches on their banner's head. They are coming, coming slowly. They are coming, yes, the lowly, no longer writhing in their servile bands. From the rice fields and plantation comes a factor of the nation and threatening like Banquo's ghost it stands. They are coming, coming proudly. They are crying, crying loudly. Oh, for justice from the rulers of this land. And that justice will be given. For the mighty God of heaven holds the balance of power in his hand. Prayers have risen 
risen, risen from the cotton fields and prison, though the overseer stood with lash in hand, groaned the overburdened heart, not a teardrop dared to start, but the slave's petition reached the glory land. They are coming, they are coming, from a way entangled swamp, where the slimy reptile hid its poisonous head. Through the long night and the day they have heard the bloodhounds bay, while the morass furnished them with a humble bed. They are coming, rising, rising, and their progress is surprising, by their brawny muscles earning daily bread, though their wages were a pittance, still each week a small remittance builds a shelter from the weary toiling head. They are coming. They are coming. Listen, you will hear the humming of thousands that are falling into line. There are doctors, lawyers, preachers. There are sculptors, poets, teachers, men and women who with honour yet shall shine. They are coming, coming boldly, though the nation greets them coldly. They are coming from the hillside and the plain. With their scars they tell the story of the cane breaks wet and gory where their brother's bones lie bleaching with the slain. They are coming, coming singing, their thanksgiving hymn is ringing, for the clouds are slowly breaking now away, and there comes a brighter dawning. It is liberty's fair morning. They are coming, surely coming, clear the way. Yes, they come, they're stepping steady, and their power is felt already. God has heard the lowly cry of the oppressed, and beneath his mighty frown every wrong shall crumble down, when the right shall triumph, and the world be blessed. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to suggest or submit a short story or a subject you'd like us to cover, then contact us through our social media or website, and subscribe if you would like to hear more. This has been a Yorick Radio production. <laughs>